0: If you're a guest with us this morning, we've been studying together since October uh, the book of Zechariah, that prophecy, the second to the last book in the Old Testament, and we're up to Zechariah 11 today. Providentially, it's a chapter about shepherds, and we're going to look at uh, some shepherds and a shepherd in Zechariah 11, and then also the shepherds at Christmas. This morning in our message. This is God's holy and infallible word. We're going to begin at Zechariah 4, 11, verse 4. We're going to skip around a little bit, Ryan, but I'll make it clear what we're doing. We will start with verse 4. This is what the Lord my God says, and he's saying this to the prophet Zechariah. Pasture the flock marked for slaughter. And then jump ahead to verse 7. So I pastored the flock marked for slaughter, particularly the oppressed of the flock. And then I took two staffs and called one favor, the other union, and I pastured the flock. In one month, I got rid of the three shepherds. The flock detested me, and I grew weary of them and said, I will not be your shepherd. Let the dying die and the perishing perish. Let those who are left, and this is kind of gross, boys and girls, let those who are left eat one another's flesh. It was this very serious? Then I took my staff called favor and I broke it, revoking the covenant I made with all the nations. It was revoked on that day, and so the afflicted of the flock who were watching me knew it was the word of the Lord. I told them, if you think it best, give me my pay, but if not, keep it. And so they paid me thirty pieces of silver. And the Lord said to me, throw it to the potter, the handsome price at which they priced me. So I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord to the potter. Then I broke my second staff called union, breaking the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. And then the Lord said to me, Take again the equipment of a foolish shepherd, for I am going to raise up a shepherd over the land who will not care for the lost or seek the young. Or heal the injured, or feed the healthy, but will eat the meat of the choice sheep, tearing off their hoofs. Woe to the worthless shepherd who deserts the flock. And then we jump to another shepherd passage in Luke 2. And we sang from this chapter just a little while ago. 2 verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And verse 17 also, When they had seen him, Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this Child. And that's our scripture reading this morning. What good shepherds do is what I called this message. The Bible often talks about God as our shepherd, and we're told in the New Testament, Jesus is the good shepherd. And of course, that means we are the sheep. We're God's flock. Also, like in our text, a shepherd is a leader in the Bible. It's another way the word shepherd is used. In the ancient Near East, even outside of Israel, kings were often called shepherds. They were called to lead their people, to care for their people. It's a pretty nice picture of leadership, I think. A shepherd in the Bible can refer to God. It can refer to leaders, like in our text. But also, it can refer to each one of us. And that's, that's, that's what I want you to see. And that's what I want us to take home, especially today. There's a sense, a very real sense, in which we Each one of us, each one of you, you're called to be a shepherd in your life as a Christian. The shepherds at Christmas point us in that direction. And this chapter in Zechariah helps show us what it means to be good shepherds in our lives for God. First of all, good shepherds learn from past mistakes. That's what good shepherds do. We think of of growing as we mature and as we go on in life we think of growing from the personal mistakes we've made in the past and and we have god's word to help us see and and to learn from the sin and the mistakes of god's people throughout history there were some big mistakes made in israel's history israel that old testament people of god They they made some big mistakes, and that's putting it mildly. We read last week in 10 verse 3, My anger, says God, my anger burns against the shepherds. I will punish the leaders. And our chapter 11 shows us the culmination of all that bad shepherding over the years among God's people Israel. And God wants Zechariah, the prophet, to, to illustrate that. Sometimes in the Old Testament, God used the prophets to be live illustrations of the message that he wanted to bring. Isaiah once had to walk around barefoot and naked for three years. Can you imagine that? But he had to do that to show, to illustrate a message from the Lord. Zechariah doesn't have to do something quite that crazy. What he's asked to do here is to be a shepherd. In other words, to lead the people. As we read, to pasture the flock marked for slaughter. The vast majority of the kings of Israel were bad shepherds. They did the opposite of what God called them to do. Verse 16 is a little summary of the failure. They did not care for the lost. They did not seek the young. They did not heal the injured and brokenhearted. They did not feed the healthy. Good leaders were supposed to do those things. The bad shepherds led the flock so far off track over the years... That even when there was the occasional good shepherd, the occasional good king in Israel, the people didn't listen. The people didn't follow him. And that's what we're shown here. Zechariah is a good shepherd, but, but God's people are so far from the ways of the Lord that the good leader is detested. God and Zechariah knew ahead of time this would happen, that they would do that to Zechariah, to test him. But God wanted to display this to make it clear that the people don't recognize a good shepherd when they get one. Zechariah gets fed up with this. He breaks the two staffs he's holding, favor and union, and that illustrates that because of the people's sin, God's special favor for them is gone, And the nation, God's people then, are going to be broken apart and scattered. So those verses, for us too, are a reminder. They're a warning for us to see the terrible results of bad shepherding, bad leadership. Second, good shepherds, in addition to learning from past mistakes, good shepherds follow Jesus who is, of course, in the Bible, the good shepherd. Without him, we're destined to repeat the mistakes and sins of the past. This text points us to Jesus in Zechariah 11. Do you notice that that when the people mock Zechariah, they pay him for his job as leader with 30 pieces of silver? You might think, 30 pieces of silver, I'll take that. That's got to be pretty good. But you read in Deuteronomy, that's the price you got reimbursed for a servant if he was accidentally gored by an ox. So they're paying him for the equivalent of a lowly servant. So, and, and that, of course, that's the same amount Judas Iscariot was paid to betray Jesus. In other words, it's an insulting amount. It's an insulting amount. They detested Zechariah and the good shepherd. And and Zechariah is a picture here of Jesus, the good shepherd, the finally best shepherd of all, the only perfect one, who was rejected by his people when he came into this world. After the good shepherd is rejected, God says at the end of the chapter, he's going to send a bad shepherd to the land. A lot of people see this as a far future prophecy about the Antichrist who will come. And and we know from what the Bible says, there may very well be a one end time Antichrist just before Jesus returns. And certainly we know that there have been leaders in the history of the world who have led with the Spirit Of Antichrist evil leaders Emperor Nero Hitler Pol Pot Stalin Edie Amin all of the foolish worthless shepherds and sometimes downright evil shepherds in history point everyone to the need for a good leader the good shepherd and his coming And as we think about shepherding, shepherds being leaders, and and, and we look at our own political leaders today, all we can say is, yep, we need a real shepherd today. We need Jesus. And as we look at this list of presidential hopefuls, we say, thank you, Lord, thank you, Jesus, that our ultimate security doesn't depend on any of these people. The Bible says people need the good shepherd, especially because we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus, the good shepherd of the sheep, amazingly laid down his life for the wandering sinful sheep. And so good shepherds follow jesus in their lives the good shepherd third and finally good shepherds lead people to jesus that's what those shepherds in luke 2 did we know because that's who shepherds were they were just humble guys not powerful people not leaders in society not leaders like we normally think of them but they have led people to Jesus ever since that first christmas and we are all shepherds we are all leaders in the sense that they were there's a term you may have heard before that comes from the time of the reformation it's this the priesthood of all believers Before the time of the Reformation, for a while, for some generations, only the clergy, only the priests were considered important in the church. But that's not true. Everyone who believes in Jesus lives as a priest in God's kingdom. That's the priesthood of all of us. 1 Peter 2.5 says as much. You are living stones being built into a spiritual house to be, each one of us, a holy priesthood. Verse 8 of our Zechariah text is important here. Zechariah says that he got rid of the three shepherds. Who is he talking about? What three Some people think that that refers to the three types of leaders that God had in the Old Testament for His people. He had three classes of leaders to guide the people in God's ways. The prophets, the priests, and the kings. All three in different ways had to shepherd the people. Leading the people to Jesus by keeping them on the road, God was paving ahead to Bethlehem. But all of those leadership offices failed. They took people off the path to the Savior. And that's why, in God's Word in Zechariah, they were gotten rid of. They were pulled away, they made room for Jesus. Jesus came and he succeeded at every point where those three offices failed the people. And then get this, uh, we've got this, this great Heidelberg Catechism as a church. It, it tells us that we who believe in Jesus, because we belong to Jesus, we are called now to be God's prophets, priests, and kings today. Confessing his name, presenting ourselves to him as a living sacrifice of thanks in all we do, and striving against sin and the devil, and reigning with Christ for all eternity. Our lives in Jesus reflect those three offices. And so, what that all means to me is that we are shepherd leaders. All of us, in our living, we lead people to Jesus. Like the shepherds at Christmas, those humble, regular guys. But you know what we read? The glory of the Lord shone on them, and God used them to lead others to Bethlehem. They spread the word concerning Jesus, we read. And now we're like them. God has revealed His glory to us in Jesus and we lead others not so much to Bethlehem. Bethlehem is in the past. We lead people to the risen Lord Jesus who is seated at the right hand of God. We show others the road to glory, to that heavenly home awaiting us and all who believe in Jesus. Friends, there is so much... That wants to pull you off of that road to glory the sin in our own lives the world the devil it's so awful to live your life off of that road a life off of that road to glory will lead to destruction it will lead to despair and that's what you experience when You don't live your life under the care of the Good Shepherd. That's what happened in Old Testament times. Those who don't belong to Jesus, that's what happens when your life isn't lived under the care of the Good Shepherd. But with Jesus, we can stay on that road and we can lead others down it. Each one of us. God's shepherds. As a pastor... That's my simple calling. Elders and deacons, too, in this church, leading people to Jesus. And and the point is, especially this morning, we all are called to do that. We all do that. Now, Christy, who believes in Jesus, is a shepherd in a sense, leading others to Jesus with her words, with her actions, because she belongs to Jesus and believes in him. We aren't perfect, of course, in our leading. But when we believe, the Bible promises that we have the spirit of Jesus himself in us, and so that means we can do it because we have his help. The helper, the spirit is in us, the spirit of Jesus. These teachers and and volunteers working with our kids, boy, you're shepherding those little lambs. You're bringing them to Jesus. Husbands in the home, shepherd your wives. Shepherd your family. Shepherd them on that road, guys. How can you be a good Christian friend to your friends and and everybody who needs a friend around you? Well, by being a good shepherd. And verse 16 gives us the beautiful details of the shepherd's job, which we don't have time to get into all this morning. Did you catch that? That's the the details of the shepherd's job. Caring for the lost, seeking the young, healing the injured, feeding the healthy... What a vision for a church. What a vision for us. What a vision for our leaders as we lead the church. And what a vision for every single one of us as we live our lives. So so I want you to take with you this morning this biblical vision for your life. You, my friend, my friends, you're shepherds in Jesus. You're a shepherd in jesus and what do good shepherds do well we learn from past mistakes we follow jesus in our lives and we lead others to jesus all by god's grace all possible because of the love and of the work of the good shepherd for us his sheep amen